0: You guys know the rest of the verses to that. This is the this is the week, this is the week of the devil's defeat, I think it is, and then this is the month of the Lord's triumph, and this is the year that the Lord may appear. You guys ever heard saying all those verses? All right. Um, this is the week. This is the week of the devil's defeat. Of the devil's defeat, we will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the week of the devil's defeat. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the week, this is the week of the devil's defeat. This is the month, this is the month of the Lord's Triumph, of the Lord's Triumph. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the month of the Lord's Triumph, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the month This is the month Of the Lord. Triumph This is The year This is the year That the Lord may appear That the Lord may appear We will Rejoice We will rejoice And be glad in it And be glad in it This is the month and be glad in it. This is the year, this is the year that the Lord may appear. If we truly believe that and understand that this is the day we will rejoice and be glad in it, this is the week that the devil is defeated in our lives, and this is, what is it, this is the month of the Lord's triumph, and this is the year the Lord may appear. i if we look forward to that, oh, what a glorious time it'll be! Um, so, as we normally do in in singing, and um, as we sing, if you have a testimony or something that God is doing in your life, or a praise report or anything, please, in between songs, we'd love to hear it. I I have. We went to Australia years ago, and uh, this is before just couple months before COVID, I believe we were down there, and there was a church, several churches down there that we were back and forth with, and they did this while we were, they would sing, they'd have testimony, and it came alive to me. The music and the songs became so much more alive as you sang and worshiped God and praised God, especially in what he was doing in others' lives and continues to do, and I think so many times we forget that if we look through our week, if we look back through the week or the month or our year... As we look back, we see all the victories that God has given us, all the things where God has led us perfectly. You know, that's why we look back. That's why we set up, uh, the Israelites set up monuments and stones. It was for memory's sake of why they had done that, what God had done in that time. And so many times I think we can do the same thing through our weeks as we go through of memories of what God has done and the victories that he has won for us through that. Let's just begin this morning with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, that we can come here and to gather into your house once again, Lord. And I just pray and desire your presence here with us, Lord, this morning, that You would, your Holy Spirit would rest upon us and show us more of who you are. Lord, lead us into the light as we, as we praise you and we glorify you, Lord. I just pray that your Spirit would live within us and it would show us more of who you are. As we read your word and study your word, Lord, that we would see more of you. It's not us, Lord. It's nothing I can do in myself. It's nothing that I can do through my strength. But, Lord, it's through the power that you give me in the name of Jesus Christ that you have. And, Lord, I just I just pray that we would understand this and live this out each and every day of our lives. I pray this in your name. Amen. <laughs>
1: valley of the shadow
0: of death. Your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are High and every low, no, never let go Lord, never let go of me. You know this week we were as a youth uh, for the youth group, we studied John chapter 9. and if you remember the story and the whole chapter is about a blind man. And I, that chapter had just been coming such a part of uh, something I was thinking about meditating on. And as we studied through that with the youth, it became even more alive of how God's plan is perfect for us. A man born blind, but he was planned by that for God and for the very purpose that God wanted to glorify himself one day through him. Boy, it sure doesn't give me much right to I wonder at God's plan sometimes for my life if I'm willing to understand that from birth He is willing to plan something ahead so that He may be glorified in me. Or in Him, be glorified through me in the use of me and through the trials or something hard that is going on in my life, but He's willing to use it. And spotless are they white as snow Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb Bridegroom, groom cometh, will your robes be white Pure and white in the blood of the Lamb Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright And be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed? In the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have sighed the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain. But think God wasn't doing anything in your life this week. A long list? Uh, It's so long you can't quite make up your mind which one to choose. (laughs) Blessed be your name land that is plentiful Where the streams of abundance flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When i found in the desert place Though I walk through the wilderness Blessed be your name Sun shining down on me when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. The road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing. the darkness closes in Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You never played Red Rover? Did anybody else here ever play Red Rover? Yeah. I mean, it used to be, yeah. You'd, You'd hold hands real tight, you'd hold hands with your friends, you had your team. And then Lucas was like the last guy you called on. You called on somebody more like, let me see who's skinnier in the rail. Um, Anyway, you'd call on the littlest person you could find because you wanted. what they'd do is you'd stand there in a line, you had to hold on, and they'd run at you full force and try to bust through your hands. And if you held them, then you got them on your team, and you tried to get more and more. But the bigger the guy was, the more he'd go right through. So probably didn't holler for Lucas. The old, good old, uh, you know, yard games we used to play at school back when we were kids. We didn't even need helmets or padding or anything. <laughs> you just played until you did. you ever play any, any over? Yeah, yes. That was one of my favorite games to play at school. You'd, you'd throw a ball over the roof of the building, any, any over, and then you know if it didn't go over, pigs. And if it went over, then you waited. Uh oh, now. So if the other side, if they caught the ball, hey, I that game yet. yeah. So if you caught the ball on the other side, then you could run around and like throw the ball and tag somebody else with the ball if you got them before they got to the other side. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know. These old games, they used to be a lot of fun. Say again? I don't think I'd like that game much. (laughs) Why isn't Blake up here? Come on, Blake. You're not supposed to be back there go. Blake, Brad, Lukey, we're going to need all the kids we can get. Let's go. Dad power. And Michael's ducking his head back there. Is that what it is? You say what? Well, whatever age they think they got too old. Lukey, let's go. Michael, let's go. All right. This looks a lot better. Man, you guys look so much taller than my boys. What happened? No, you know it is really nice that you guys grow through clothes so fast cuz it helps my budget. Cuz all my boys end up in them after a couple months. All right. Can we do God's not dead? God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. I feel him in my hands. Feel him in my feet. Feel him in my heart. Feel him in my soul. Feel him all over me. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. No. He is alive. God's not dead. No. He is alive. i feel him in my hands. Feel him in my feet. Feel him in my heart. Feel him in my soul. Feel him all over me. This world would be doomed, Blake, if he was as alive as you make him look. (laughs) You got it, Dom? Did you get that one? All right. Cast your burdens. burdens. Man, I got to see if I can remember all these. That's Jason's song, and I got a fear. I know. Do you know it? I think we play it in A. Cast your burdens. Onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. higher of Jesus higher higher lower 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 Satan lower 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 Satan lower 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 Satan lower 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 lower. Lower, lower lower Satan lower lower cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you. Cast your burdens <sword> onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. 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 Was there supposed to be more? Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower. Lower lower Satan, lower, lower, lower. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. Higher, higher, lift up, Jesus, higher, higher higher, higher, lift up, Jesus, higher, 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 lift up, Jesus, higher, higher. It so funny, like this. Well, that's called snow angels. And there's no snow. All right, hop up, Dom. Okay, what's another one we can do? Good morning. Good morning. All right, one more. Um... Wrapped up, tied up? You sure you got this one figured out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys got this? So at least the youth bench has to stand up because I don't know if. Uh... Everybody has to stand up. Everybody has to stand up. My goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Is it Indiana? Yeah, okay, then I'm all right. I was like, okay, I was, okay. So at least the youth bench has to stand up, Vanessa, Patrick, Derek, Megan, Indiana. Sorry, Patrick, doesn't doesn't work. Good try, though. All right. So you guys all watch them because we'll see if they can do it. You can see if you can do it better than they can. All right. Mm-hmm. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up. Tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, 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 wrapped up tied up, tangled up, wrapped up tied up, tangled up, wrapped up tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side, inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side-to-side in God I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus I'm upright, downright, living right Upright, downright, living right Upright, downright, living right in God You got them all now, Indiana? Because now you got to put them all together. They should come up front. Come up front? Yes. Well, you want them to come up front and point face us or you. You have to convi- you, you have to convince them. <laughs> Very good. All right. Now we got to put them all together. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side, to side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side, to side, upright, downright, living right in God. Very good. Now let's go faster. I'm wrapped up, tied up, Tang it up in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side, side in Jesus, I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus, I'm wrapped up tight, I'll take it up, inside, outside, side, side, upright, downright, living right in God, I'm wrapped up, tied up, taking it up in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side, side in Jesus, I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus, I'm wrapped up tight, I'll take it up. Inside, outside, side, side, up, right, down, right, living, right, and God. There, good job. All right, you kids can sit up here, and you youth can go back. Uh, your kids, you have to sit up here. Yeah. He muted it.
2: Good morning. morning. <laughs> can you tell me in one way, one of the ways that God can talk to us? Uh, wait. Um.
0: Bible. <laughs>
2: Bible. Very good. Is there any other ways? Dreams. Dreams. Dreams? Any other way? Do you guys see God in his in his creation when you look around and if you're maybe at the lake or the ocean and you, you see what God makes
0: I see a lot of stuff that God makes
2: yes we all do. I'm going to tell you, a, read you a story of one way that God spoke to someone about Michael or Lukey's age his name was Samuel, and 1 Samuel 3 the boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. There was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely seen or heard. One night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyes were very bad and he could hardly see. It was well before dawn, so that means it was still dark. The sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God where the chest of God rested. Then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call, here I am. Eli said, I did call you, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli, I heard you call, here I am. Again Eli said, son, I didn't call you, go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. God called again, Samuel, the third time. Yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. That's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If the voice calls again, say, speak, God. I am your servant, ready to listen. So Samuel went back to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before and calling out, Samuel! Samuel! Samuel answered, Speak, Lord. I am your servant and ready to listen. God said to Samuel, Listen carefully. I'm getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. Could you imagine God calling you? God calling your name, Michael? Have you ever listened for it? No. What? What if God is calling each and everyone's names? Yes, Lexi. We cannot hear him, but he can hear us and see him. He can hear us. Yes, he can. God is calling each and every single one of you. He's calling you, Lexi. You, Caden. You, Br- Brad. <laughs> Sorry. He is calling every single one of you guys. Okay. So when you guys are all alone, no matter where you're at, always listen for for God because he's always wanting to talk to you. Even if you can't hear him, he's still calling your name, okay? Yes, Lexi?
1: No matter what, he's always with us.
2: That's very true. Okay,
3: you can go back to your seats. How's that? There we go. Well, let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I think you guys must have turned your mic on too. All right, it's good to have you all here this morning, and a welcome to uh, those of you that are watching online. It's good to have everybody here, and I look forward to what God is going to continue to do in our uh, service this morning. I've enjoyed our time of worship so far, and I believe God is here. A few announcements. uh, As usual, we have. a meal plan following the service. There'll be plenty of food, so please stay for that and enjoy that time of fellowship with us as well. And uh, I think we have a number of uh, people that were missing this morning that are normally here. Uh, a few are sick. A few are traveling, but uh, we want to remember them in prayer. Um, I think of any other announcements. Do we have anything planned this week? Nothing that needs to be announced there. Um, if the Lord has blessed you and has asked you to contribute to his work here, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. We don't pass an offering basket but there is a box in the back there that uh, you can contribute to and also uh, if you go online to our website, redeemcommunitychurch.org, there is a link that you can give there as well if you'd like to. All right, before we turn the time over to Phil, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you this morning that you are here with us, that you hear our prayers, and that you are here to receive our worship. And so we come to you this morning wanting to, to hear from you, and I pray that you would open each heart, each mind, to receive your word this morning. And I want to lift up those that are not here this morning, those who are not able to come, whether for sickness or traveling or whatever the case may be. Father, I just pray that you would touch each one where they're at and bless them this morning. I pray for our brother Phil as he brings your word. I pray that you would give him the words to speak from you that we need to hear and that... These seeds of truth would bear fruit in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: You may turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 for a word from the Lord today. Ephesians chapter 4 We're going to begin reading in verse 1 I therefore The prisoner of the Lord I want you to take note of that word Is that something you can say? I am a prisoner of the Lord Now Paul spoke this um, Because he was actually in prison But Paul also said in another place that he is a bond servant to Christ. Can someone tell me what a bond servant is? When someone was a bond servant or slave... Todd? That's correct. That's correct. It's someone who was a slave, but not because he had no choice in it. It was because he made that choice. We can read about this. There were bond slaves in Israel. Uh, In Exodus chapter 21, we can read how God said that when people, when the Israelites had slaves which they were not supposed to have from their own people, but they were to take their enemies and make them their slaves. But there came a time that actually they were allowed to have a Hebrew slave if the Hebrew slave owed them money. So if you got into debt and you couldn't pay that debt, that person became your slave until the debt was paid. But in Exodus 21, the Lord said this, Verse 2, if you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years. But on the seventh, he shall go out as a free man without payment. If he comes alone, he shall go out alone. If he is the husband of a wife, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters the wife and her children shall belong to the master and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door. What was going to happen at the door? He's going to bring him to the door and put his ear up to to the door post to a piece of wood that was solid. He was going to take an awl. You know what an awl is? woodworkers can you tell me what a, what is an awl yes but it with a very sharp end right it's like it has a handle on it's like a punch but it has a very sharp end he was to take this piece of uh, this awl and permanently pierce his ear now we live in a culture where a lot of you ladies pierce your ears and wear earrings and That's your personal conviction, which is fine. But there was a point to this. There was a reason that these slaves had pierced ears. It wasn't just to look pretty. It was a sign that they were a bond slave. So if you went around in the market and you seen a master with a slave who had his ears pierced, you knew right away he's a volunteer slave, he made the choice. He's not there because he owes him money. He's not there because he was conquered from another land and he was his enemy and now he's become his slave. There's only one reason that he's his slave, because he loves God and his master. He shall pierce his ear with an awl and he shall serve him and here's the other difference if you were not a bond slave there was a time out there was a time served for being a slave if you were a hebrew slave you only got to serve 7 years and you were free if you were a, a an enemy that was conquered and you became a slave you there were ways in which you could earn your freedom But if your ear was pierced, you were that master's slave forever to the day you died. How many of you want to be a bond slave today? Any volunteers? Jesus is looking for bond slaves in this world today. And I personally believe this is why Christianity has become so cheap. Grace has become a cheap grace. There is no commitment to it, or very little. Some people get saved, born again, because they're scared they're going to go to hell, and because they owe that debt of sin, they want it forgiven, and out of that fear, or out of that desire to be free from the guilt, they quickly confess Him as Lord and Savior. And they start reading their Bibles and they come to church and they pay their tithe and they change some of their ways. They try to obey the Bible. But it's because of this fear of hell, fear of God's punishment, the sense that I owe God this. I'm a slave because I owe him. Dear believer, if this is your experience, you're missing the joy of being a Christian. No wonder so many Christians are so joyless. It's because they haven't voluntarily become a bond slave. They're there serving God out of fear of what God will do with them if they don't. What a radical change this truth alone can make in your life. If you will come to the Lord and say, Lord, pierce my ear. I will choose to be yours permanently. To serve him. A slave didn't only belong to his master and get to live with his master. No, there was a purpose to his slavery. He was to serve him. And that's the attitude difference that I have seen in Christianity, both in my own life and in many other believers as I minister to God's people unless and until we become bond slaves voluntarily choose to serve him because I love him unless that happens there is this begrudging serving God attitude in my life I serve him because I'm scared of him I do it because I feel like I have to earn some you know some I yeah I mean he saved me so I should give my life to him you know there's this I owe you attitude but there's something wrong with the I owe you attitude you know what's wrong with it it's not a volunteer joyful experience it's like have you ever owed anyone any money I mean where well, you couldn't pay the bill right so it's one thing to borrow money from a bank or from another person and you set up a payment plan and you pay the bill every month but I'm talking about when you can't pay the bill that month I've been there there was a time in my life in our life where son Christian that I spoke of earlier was very very sick and he lived for many days in and out of the hospital and we accrued so much debt, medical payment debt, that the that we couldn't pay it. And because I we didn't qualify for numerous different reasons, the government wouldn't pay it for us. And so we had creditors starting to call us and saying, you need to pay us this money. You need to pay us this money. You need to pay us this money. And I had the wonderful privilege of sitting down with, these people in their office, making a point with them and sitting down with them and saying, I can't pay you what you want. Can we talk about it? Can we figure out a way? And you know what They, numerous ones began to say to us? Because we honestly faced the debt we couldn't pay, and the payment plan that was procedurally handed out to us, they said, can you pay $10 a week? Can you pay $10 a month? Let's make it work. But you know what? Something happened to me. For the rest of the time that we were paying off that debt, whenever I would meet that person, anyone guess what the first thing that came to my mind was? What was it? Oh, I love you, man. I love you. How you doing, by the way? You think that came to my mind? Steve is shaking his head. What do you think came to my mind? Someone tell me? The debt debt I owe you came to my mind. Do I have another $10 bill? I felt like I needed to give it to him. That was there, always, on my conscience, in my mind. I owe him that debt. If you're serving God that way, it ends up becoming something you hate. Begrudging, we call it. It's this, you give, but you give because you have to. Because you owe it. Do you serve God that way, if you're a Christian? Unless you're a bond slave, you do. Whether you realize it or not, you serve God begrudgingly. And there's something missing from your service. It's the joyful act of love that is permanent it's not something that you give because you owe it's you give because you're committed you've committed your whole life to him it's what happens when two people get married would you call that a debt of love I tell you if I served my wife because I owed her money our relationship would be very very different but there's another reason of why I empty out the dishwasher of why I do the laundry or of why I do life with her and want to be with her it's not because I owe her money it's because I've chosen to be committed to her for the rest of my life I owe her only one thing to love her with all my heart. I've committed my life to it. And you know what happens? Can you imagine if I married her for money because I owed her money or I owed her dad a lot of money? Can you imagine the difference in the relationship? There's no I owe you in it because I don't owe, I love. And dear Believer, dear child of God, I want to encourage you if you are still serving God because you owe out of this serving attitude but not, you haven't made that choice to become a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Today can be the day when you make that choice and it will change everything in your relationship to God. You become The bride of Christ instead of a legal slave. And you give your whole life to him. Because he's your bridegroom. Paul found that wonderful truth in his life. And he lived his life this way. Jesus spoke about this commitment in In Luke, I want to find the the correct one, um, because there, there are a couple different ones. I think it's Luke 12. I'll go for Luke 18, actually, on this one. Luke 18... Jesus shows up to a young man's life because this young man had one desire. Can someone tell me what his desire was, Lucas? Money? Yep, he did love money, but he wanted something else too. He comes to Jesus for something. In Luke 18, verse 18, A young man, a certain ruler, questioned him, saying, Good teacher... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? What he wanted from Jesus was eternal life. And Jesus answered him this way. And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad. What did he lose in his life? Joy. There was no more joy in his life. He wanted eternal life, but what else did he want too? He wanted his money too. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier. For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now some people say that there was a gate called the eye of a needle in Israel or in Jerusalem. And for a camel to go through this gate, the camel had to get down on his knees. They had to take everything off its back and had to crawl slowly through this gate. It was the only way through the gate. That's a good illustration if that's the truth. However, I don't believe that to be what Jesus was referring to, and I'll tell you why. Jesus said something in verse 27 that negates that, that I believe, because if it is possible to go through the eye of a needle, if you strip yourself bare, you'll get through, right? Right? But the camel could get through. But Jesus said in verse 27, The thing's impossible with men. It is impossible for a camel to go through a tiny, if you get a needle, and there's a little eye there for a camel to go through that. It's impossible. And Jesus said, This thing that I'm talking about is not possible. It's impossible with men. But with God All things are possible. The things impossible with men are possible with God. And so, what Jesus was referring to was this very truth. And he held this truth up to this young man. And he said, Will you love the Lord your God with all your heart? See, the man said, Oh, I fulfilled the law. But there was something missing, it was this bond slave attitude that this young man missed. He got to keep his riches, but he lost eternal life. There was another man, another man who came to Jesus and wanted eternal life. And this man, um, in in. Actually, I guess I'm thinking it's the same story in Mark chapter 10. It's the same story where Jesus, the the young man, came and said he fulfilled the whole law. But then Jesus spoke in another place, and he said this. A man came to him again seeking eternal life. And Jesus said, what is the two greatest commandments? And the man answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself and Jesus said well done go do this and live but the man said wait a minute and the scripture says he was willing to justify himself now if I wanna justify myself before you I'm going to make an excuse there's only one way that we justify ourselves to someone else if you ask me why are you doing that I'll come up with a reason we call it excuses this man had an excuse for Jesus he said well, who's my neighbor you said the two great commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength that's everything right heart mind soul and strength that's what we call wholeheartedly, and your neighbor as yourself. But who's my neighbor? And then you know the story that Jesus gave, right? Can any of the children tell me what that story was? What do we call that story? The Good Samaritan, Samaritan story. Jesus told him a story about a man who went, was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he got robbed. And a preacher came along, or a priest. And he looked at him, and he quickly goes over to the other side of the road. And then a Levite, one who was in Israel to serve God's people, comes along. So the two most spiritual helpers in Israel didn't help. And then comes along somebody who was deemed a sinner and despised by the people in Israel. You know what he does? He comes along and he sees him and he picks him up and puts him on his donkey. Now he has to walk the whole way to Jericho beside the donkey instead of ride. He brings him to this place, an inn, which was not only a place to sleep, but also was kind of a a medical clinic in those days. And he says, bandage up his wounds. And he pays for his night. And he says, when I come back, I'll check in on him. And Jesus said, which one is the one who loved his neighbor? In Galatians chapter 5, the Holy Spirit said to the church in Galatia, who these Galatian people thought, They were very spiritual at the time. And their one commitment was to the law of Moses. Instead of to Jesus Christ, they were beginning to say the law is what justifies us. And Paul is rebuking them, but Paul is talking to them about how to fulfill the law they were proclaiming. In verse 14 of Galatians chapter 5, he says this, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another take care lest you be consumed by one another but i say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh you see that was the two things that jesus was talking to these people about to be led by the Spirit of God instead of our own fleshly desires so I would like to illustrate this truth this way to be a bond slave that Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 4 immediately he continues throughout that chapter to show us how to serve one another he says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. But with all humility, gentleness, patience, showing forbearance to one another in love. So the first sign of you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Of you being the bond slave is that. You're a humble person. Are you humble before the Lord? Have you ever, would you say you're humble? What is the true sign of humility? Can someone tell me? How do you recognize when someone's humble? Oh, let me tell you how humble I am, brothers and sisters. I am so humble. I've really humbled myself before the Lord. I come and I pray. I humble myself to the word of God. I read God's word. Is that how, you sh- is that how I- you're sure that I'm humble? Yes. A how you treat other people. On these two commandments, the whole law of God is fulfilled in our life. He continues to say, With all humility, humility has gentleness. Do you have to be gentle towards God or towards other people? Which one? Other people. Patience. You have to be patient with God or other people. Both Both is true. We wait on the Lord. But patience is mostly shown in our patience with other people, right? That's how we see it in each other showing forbearance you know what forbearance means first Corinthians chapter 13 where he describes love to us he says it this way it bears with another for a long time or he uses the word long suffering means you're willing to suffer for a long time now this good Samaritan he Jesus showed this story because what was the one forbearance that he showed to this man in the ditch? What was the first thing he did? He picks him up and where does he put him? He says, you walk and I'm riding. Does he? No. He puts him on the donkey and he walks and we don't know how long that walk was to that inn, but he was willing to put up with walking. And put his friend on the donkey. Forbearance. Other people. Toward one another in love. And look. This is what it does. When we serve this way. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit. Verse 3. In the bond of peace. There is a unity with God. That comes when we love one another in fact the Holy Spirit says in 1st John chapter 4 we know this word right in 1st John chapter 4 verse 7 beloved let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God the one who does not love does not know God Or God is love. Now, by this, the love of God was manifested. means it was openly displayed. When something is manifested, I think of it this way. You get a Christmas gift and it's in a box and it's all wrapped up neatly with the bow tie on top. But if you want to show others your gift, you open the box and you bring the gift out for all to see. That's what he's talking about. The love of God is in your heart, but it's hidden in your body, in your heart. How will others see the love of God? By this, it will be manifested, openly displayed in us. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar there's nothing in the box have you ever gotten an empty box for Christmas you've never gotten an empty box have you ever gotten empty boxes from other people you feel really loved don't you that's how someone proves to you they love you is they give you a big stack of empty boxes they're beautifully wrapped I mean, they took all that time to wrap them so beautifully, put little bow ties on them. They Maybe they even put a little card on top of the box saying how much they loved you. But after you went through all the empty boxes, they were all empty. How does that leave you feeling? Yeah, I'll tell you how it leaves me feeling. Empty. They just gave me something, a whole lot of nothing. Empty. Of love if someone says I love God and hates his brother he's a liar for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and this commandment we have from him the one who loves God should love his brother also in first Corinthians chapter 8 again Paul speaks of this love to the Corinthian church and how it relates to one another. He says in chapter eight, verse one, now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes one arrogant. You know what? You know one reason that we're so proud as Christians? is because we know too much. We read our Bibles too much. It's true. You read your Bible, but you don't do. If you read and don't do, whatever you've read only does one thing for you, gives you knowledge, but it doesn't give you the act of love. You don't get to live it out, so it stores it up here, more and more and more and more, until this can be full of knowledge. And you know, all it does, it puffs you up. First Corinthians thirteen: knowledge puffs up. Or there's a there's a German word. I love this. Many years ago, when I was preaching this word in Norway, uh, and I and and the, the, my translator was trying to figure out the word of puffed up. And one guy who was from Germany in the congregation, he yells out "Ufgeblasa!" I was like, "Yes, that's it! I understood that word, Ufgeblasa." Now, it, there is a there is a, 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 a two definitions of that, but the the most the end of the definition is when you blow up a balloon. You blow a little bit, you have some air. You blow more, you have more air, and the balloon gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of you kids know. If you keep blowing in that balloon, eventually it's going to pop. Right? Boom. Someone put too much air in the balloon. Oof, gablosa, blown up. That's what knowledge does to us. James chapter 1 says that if we have knowledge, we read God's word, but we don't practice it. We deceive our own selves. That's what happens. We become ufkablosa. Have you ever met someone who's memorized a lot of scripture and left you know about it? How do you walk away from that person? Feeling loved? Or feeling like he knows a lot and I know nothing? Especially if you got into a spiritual argument with him. I've met those people. Just become a preacher and you'll meet a lot of those people. They try to prove to you that they know God by how much knowledge they have of God. But listen to what the Holy Spirit says. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as you ought to know. You think you know something? You don't know yet what you ought to know. You know what that one thing is? But if anyone loves God, he's known by him. God knows you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll take this I'll take the ladder any day rather than having someone being someone who has memorized scripture, it's a good thing, by the way. If you want to love God, you need to know his commandments. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. But I'm talking about when you want knowledge, but you have a lot of knowledge and no little life, no action. You'll be, and eventually, your balloon will pop. You know what'll make that balloon pop? What's one thing that makes a balloon pop besides too much air? If I'm walking around with a lot of air, how will you pop my balloon? With a pin. With a pin. All you need is a tiny little prick, and the hot, the more air that's in that balloon, the smaller a prick it takes. Just one little prick. Boom! Big loud noise. That's all it takes to cause you to be blosa. Your son or your daughter just saying something and boom. Maybe someone just cuts you off in front of you in the road. Boom. There's just booms, booms, booms. When every time someone pricks you, you boom. Yep, you're an blosa Christian. You blow up all the time with the little pricks of the needle. But let me give you a secret. If within your heart, the love of God is waiting to be poured out. Jesus said, whoever believes in me out of his innermost being shall flow a lot of hot air. Is that what he said? No. What did he say? Out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. You know one sure way to keep your balloon from ufkabosa, from blowing up? Put some water in it. Fill a balloon with water. And every time a prick of a needle pricks your balloon, guess what comes out? Water. Water. Another one, prick, water. No boom, just a stream of water. And that person, if he's thirsty, can take a drink. The love of God versus the knowledge of God big difference so I've illustrated it I thought of this illustration how do we illustrate the effectiveness of loving one another and loving God it's like having two legs all of us sitting here I think have two legs Kent do you have two legs no you have three Jim he has three Hey, Kent, are you with me? Hey, how many legs do you have? Two, are you sure? What's that? Three legs. You do have three legs. Jim, you too. Well, it's not because they only have one leg. But if I say I love God, I'm like an amputee. All right? I love God. But now I want to try to love you. So I need some volunteers. Anybody want to come up here on their one leg? Come on, Brad. Okay. I need Brad and Isaiah. Okay. Now, I'm going to, um, let's see. I'm going to illustrate first. Isaiah, you go over to that door. Brad, you come over here. And we're going to put some things on the floor that need to be picked up. And, um, but first of all, why don't you come towards each other just on one leg, put your other leg up and keep it up. There you go. I think you need to get your hand down on that one leg. There you go. Now give each other a hug and tell each other you love each other. There you go. Ouch. Brad is saying, ouch. Okay. Where are you going so fast, Brad? What's the matter? Can't you stand still? Huh? Come on now. Go down there and pick that up. And you can pick up my phone. Okay, not bad. Yep, there you go. Okay, you guys are more agile than I am. I don't think I could have done that without falling. But do you understand how awkward this is Be This is a full-time job to walk around on one leg. And this is how it is if I say I love God, but I don't have two legs where I can be effective. I'm hopping around on one leg. Saying, I love God, but my relationship to you is limited. You know why? I'm so preoccupied in keeping my other leg up. You know? And so we're jumping around and we're kind of we have to keep jumping and and after a while I'm gonna get tired, don't you think? Yeah. I think so too. How about we go for a walk, Kent? A walk in the park. Do you understand how limited this makes your life? How it cripples you. And likewise, Jesus then said in John chapter 13, Now I'm going to give you a new commandment. Not only do you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself, but now I'm commanding you to love one another as I love you. How did Jesus love us? How does he still love us? The sacrifice. The sacrifice how else hmm he serves yes forgiveness what's the one thing you think about Jesus when he says I love you how did he prove it he gave his life for you and so now not only are you trying to love others and love God you know and say okay now I can pick up your phone or "I here I I can help you but Jesus illustrates it this way, just like the good Samaritan did. You're lame and you're in a ditch. Come on, Isaiah. This way. He doesn't even have to walk anymore. Now you try to carry the guy on one leg. How am I going to get that done? I'm not going very far, guys. Am I? Thanks, boys. Point accomplished. Are you a one-legged Christian? Or are you a bond slave? You're one or the other. If you haven't made that choice, you can't love others the way Jesus loves you. Because you don't love him that way. You haven't experienced his love that way. Your love is I owe you. So I'll. I'll give you a little bit of my money or maybe you'll be like the rich young ruler and saying you want me to give all my money I don't think so and you will go away sad one-legged Christian or bond slave you see why we're so limited and begrudgingly serve one another it's because we're not bond slaves to Jesus Christ. And so we can't effectively show gentleness, long suffering, forbearing one another. We're not, our love isn't patient. Because we don't live in the patience of God with us. And so my love with you has a term limit. For sure, seven times today. That's it. If I forgive you seven times a day, I'm a good Christian. Are you? Is that what Jesus said? Or did he give us another standard? 490 times. 70 times 7. And he volunteers to forgive someone 490 times a day. If you do the math, Jesus said, Are there not 12 hours in a day? And you do the math, that's about every minute and a half that that person sins against you, the same person, and they come around and say, I'm sorry. Are you going to do that begrudgingly or cheerfully? Depends whether you're a bond slave or not. If you're not a bond slave and you're serving God out of what you owe Him, hey, money runs out, time runs out. At the end of seven years, I'm free to do whatever I want, man. I'm just putting in my time. That's the attitude. I've done enough. If I've done seven times today, dude. But you see the difference between the 490 and the seven times. What's the one big difference? The one isn't counting. The one is not counting how many times it's been. The other one is. He counts your transgressions. But David... Understood the blessedness of the man to whom the Lord does not count his iniquities Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not count or mark his iniquities God's not counting Oh dear Christian There is a joyous giving Christian life to live in this world and if you're missing it, I encourage you this morning to make that choice. Give the Lord your ear. That's where it starts. Discipleship starts by listening. To His Spirit, speak His Word into your heart. Isaiah chapter 50. He wakes me up morning by morning to listen. Listen as a good disciple. Start there. Your whole life will change. God bless you.
3: Thank you, Phil, for sharing the word with us again this morning. You know, I think we uh, we all have the challenge set out for us this week. Are we going to be that one-legged Christian or the bond slave? Thank you all again for being here. That'll conclude this part of our service but still time for fellowship and encouraging each other and time for lunch so if you can let's stand and we'll have a closing prayer thank you Father for speaking to us this morning thank you for the challenge that is laid out to us in your word and I pray that we would think on these things this week and we would make the right decision, the wise decision to be that bond slave. I pray that you would bless our time of fellowship here this afternoon and the food. I pray that this time would bring honor and glory to you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.